0: Hi everybody, welcome to Rated Oz Radio here on the east coast of Australia in Brisbane with your host Mary Lou Monroe Ray and I have a very special guest with me today, it's the amazing Mark Lapwood, a cinematographer, photographer, who does the most beautiful, beautiful work and I'm just so thrilled to have uh, him on the show, so welcome Mark Lapwood Thank you so much for joining us today on Rated Oz Radio.
1: Hey, Mary Lou, great to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. I looked at your CV and your list of credits, you know, and feature in TV drama, short dramas, the endless list of commercials, documentaries, music videos that you've done, as well as your awards for things that you have created but I'd just like to learn a little bit more about you as a cinematographer and photographer. So if I could just start with, how did your journey into this creative life begin?
1: So, um, sure. So my initial career, well, my, my passion began as a photographer, really. I, um, as a young person, I was given my first little Instamatic camera when I was seven years old. and um, Oh, I was so keen with that that uh, it was only one of those old 110 little cassette cameras, you know, in the 70s. Yeah. And um, and the results were um, a bit mediocre because that format was quite limited. So my father promptly gave me um, the use of his 35mm film Pentax Ooh. SLR camera, which I started using yeah. a bit.
0: Very nice.
1: Yeah, that was fun. and um, And then basically I was inspired by my cousin um who's five years older than me in Australia and I'm I'm from New Zealand but he is in Australia and he we got up one one morning early and went and photographed a sunrise and his photo got a special sticker on it at the photo lab saying great shot and I thought wow that's cool you know um (laughs) and then my mum he sold his camera my mother bought me his little Camera, so I had a little thirty-five millimeter camera of my own, a little rangefinder camera. Um, and then, when I got to the age of fourteen, I got myself a job as a as a basic dog's body, running around sweeping the floors and so on in a photographic lab in the town I grew up in in New Zealand. And uh, one fine day, on a summer holiday after I'd been there for a few months, and um, my boss obviously knew that I had a real keen passion for photography. There was a a fire at a hotel just 100 meters down the road at about 6 o'clock in the afternoon on a summer's evening. And um, he said, just go for it. And so he gave me a camera and three 12 exposure rolls of film because the 12s 12's never sold, so just take those. And, um, yeah, and I ran off down the road and photographed every angle I could find of this of the fire appliances putting out this fire at this two-story old wooden hotel building on the corner of oh. this couple of main streets and um the next day at eight thirty in the morning the the car from the local newspaper rocked up and my boss said oh that's Morris costello the chief photographer from the evening standard you should take him your negatives and he yes. so he'd process them overnight and he gave me the negatives and i took them over to this lovely man who's a chief photographer at the local newspaper and told him that i'd you know taken these last night and he's welcome to have a look if he's interested and he said thanks very much and he went and photographed the damage and then um at about 1 p.m that day he came back to me had the paper under his arm and he pulled it out and put it down on the counter and said congratulations front page
0: Wow, that's fantastic. I can see even with your commercials and some of your reels that you've put up, just your eye, your vision, just your eyes are your lens from your heart and soul. I, I can see, I mean, apart from techniques and things, I can just see the flow and the movement. Your work's beautiful, especially, I suppose, there's a lot of techniques that you use to make things slower So you're really in that moment capturing every angle and every aspect of expressions and faces or like features like you did for the Yamaha. Was it Yamaha? The motorbike that you did a commercial for that some of those photos are on your website.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when, um, we're filming a television commercial, it's, that's quite different from say filming a documentary or a feature film or a music video for example, but the commercial side of things is often driven by an agency advertising agency script and storyboard and you know, work as a cinematographer with the director um, to help yeah. realize their vision and um, the difference i sp- the key difference between advertising and and drama storytelling is that there's a client and then there's you know a few other people who have uh, want to have a say or need to have a say because they're paying for the the project um in so, how it looks right so yes. um yeah so but I think you know whether it's a documentary or a, a drama or, or a commercial or whatever it is um I think it all comes down to response at the end of the day and sort of in, a sense of an instinctive sense around yeah. what looks best and um and with experience And gaining confidence I guess um, I found that I get better at being able to look at something when it's not working and go hang on a minute this is not really working we can improve this let's let's just explore this a bit and you know you kind of sometimes know that you've got the ingredients to make an image work but it's not all quite working together cohesively just yet and we need to explore and try a different lens and try a different angle and play with the light and play with the foreground and the background until we find, um, you know, the frame that really does have that X factor that that tells the story yes. and... Um, yeah, and that
0: translates their vision, I guess. Exactly. In a sense. Yeah. 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 And, and what you're trying to capture. Uh, I would love to, you know, I do a little bit of videography and live moments. I don't really like doing s- still portraits as much I rather just capture that moment when I take photos of bands or people so people interest me a lot so what's your favorite aspect do you think of filming or photography
1: yeah I'd have to say people are right up there for me as well I I do love um, I really love great human stories and Mm having said that I also really love nature and the beauty of nature and the the beauty of landscapes and the natural environment so I'm actually making a film of my own which is a passion project I've been chipping away at for quite a a few years now (laughs) it's taking quite a while
0: fantastic
1: Um, but this film is called Soul Places and it's about the beauty of nature Mm. and humanity and the deep connection between the two so it's kind of an integration of those aspects, um, and I guess part of the reason I like doing a passion project of my own every now and again is that I I just really believe that even as a cinematographer, even though we're serving the director's vision on our, on most of our paid work and so on, or the and or the client's vision or whoever's the writer's vision in the case of drama, um, that also we do have our own creative voice and. And yes. it's great to have projects where we can express that.
0: Absolutely. I mean, we are creative beings. Yeah, we have all these beautiful elements and emotions that we want to express or where we can't do that. Other people through their vision perhaps capture that. And that's what that media, creative media is about, to capture those moments, whether it's music or a film you can sort of speak that voice for others. And it's just such a beautiful thing to be able to share that gift and also to be able to receive that. And your work just is astounding, Mark. I just love what you do. That little, uh, the one in India eclipse, uh, eclipse, eclipse, yes. That was beautiful. Just the scenes you caught. Uh, So do you have a team that you work with that's already in place or do you have your own team and you all travel because you've worked in India and Seoul, Dubai, Australia, New Zealand? You've worked in Korea, Honolulu, many places around the world. Thailand, I can see that you've worked in. So do you have teams set up or...?
1: No, so, I mean, in the film industry we all predominantly work freelance so as a cinematographer uh, a director and I might meet and get along socially and then they might um, call me to to work with them Um, generally it's driven by the fact that they like my work but also um, it's important that we get along um, as well right so yes um, all those different places I've worked have often been with different people however there are of course recurring relationships where Um, You know, it's like an old friend, like sometimes we might work together with someone and then the months and even sometimes years go by with different tracks happening in our lives. And then we come back together and work together, um, myself and different collaborators. So, yeah, yeah, I really love that. I really love the fact that with filmmaking, often we get to a situation where the total is greater than the sum of the parts. Yes. And that kind of speaks to that exponentially greater outcome that is somehow unexplainable but is the magic of the collaborative aspects of all these different um, specialists yes. in different departments coming together and bouncing off each other and, and yes. you know, magic happening. And that includes very much the actors as well. Like actors bring so yes. much to a, to a project and, and will often innovate in ways that um, – really can develop and deepen a a, a piece yeah and really create because
0: everybody had sorry because everybody has a perspective and a way that they look at things and quite often some of those actors will bring that or they'll just throw it in there and when it works and then that's just a different perception that maybe nobody's thought about and when it's working that's that beautiful magic it's like you say all those components come together, and everybody's eager, and you can feel when that magic is happening. That energy just builds, and it's fun and so creative, and it presents itself, and you just you just know when to go with it. I I feel. Yeah, you, absolutely. You find that yourself. Yeah, right.
1: definitely. Yeah, so you know it's funny because. In, in a, in a say making a feature film or a television series or some kind of drama project in film, often it's really important to plan as much as possible, and we'll use the script sure. as you know as our blueprint. If you like, um, it's like yes. an architect's drawings of a house. We use the script as our blueprint to to map the journey, and then we have to find the locations that really work for the the mood and style that we um, feel is the best way to reflect the drama in the story based on the script Mm. um and of course we will do a lot of um, what we call visual referencing in pre-production so finding different images that show the mood and the tone and the feeling that we want to create visually on the screen um Mm. and so we can do all this planning and planning and and creating the structure and um and the feel and and the look and the style and the actors and the director will go and they'll do their rehearsals and do their preparation. And then when we all come together on the day, I always feel like it's really important to have all that planning in place. So we have that, that mainframe if you like, but to be ready and open on the day to respond to a different thing that shows up that might be even better than what we'd planned for.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, sometimes, you know, you need that, sort of running order so everybody knows what's happening, you know, within the set itself, and I'm sure that that's all taken care of by the producers and directors, and to give you the space that you need for what you do. Do you think there's anything that you don't like about, you know, filming or f- photography?
1: No, I mean, I, I really love filmmaking. I love cinematography, and, and mm-hmm. you know, really, to be, to be clear, I suppose I, I've transitioned over a few years many years ago from photography into cinematography so that is actually the most of my work occasionally I do do photography for myself or just to capture an occasion or um, to explore a a subject but mostly now I I focus on and make a living as a cinematographer and I I just really love it I love it because every day is different every day yes is a different exploration into a different world. Um, It opens doors Mm. to have experiences connecting with different people from different cultures, different countries, Mm. different um, backgrounds, uh, different socioeconomic um, backgrounds. And yeah, I just find that what I love is that it's always new and different. And um, yeah, so, I mean, I think, I think if there's one aspect I find challenging the most is, that on a film set sometimes there's a lot of pressure in fact there's always kind of a a certain level of pressure in place because we have to achieve the what's planned for the day we have to film a certain number of scenes or shots um, that are prescribed um, that we have earlier deemed feasible based on uh, the logistics at at play be it um, you know all the dynamics between location actor availability weather um, equipment, yeah. um, the complexity of what we're trying to film and so on. So, you yes. know, sometimes the pressures, be them physical or mental um, from mm. the powers that be or from you know the elements or all things that are sort of coming together to make a film happen can be, you know, require us to sort of stay present and, and be as focused as possible and really... Um, I've always felt like it was explained to me once that, you know, say hypothetically, and, and this, and this um, can be quite true for some productions, maybe uh, one shoot day costs $250,000. Oh, that's, yes. You know, yeah. if that's a 10-hour shoot day, that means one hour is $25,000 of production. That means yes, 30 and minutes a is $12,500. It, thousand. it means mm. 10 minutes is, what's a third of that? Like 3000 So... So every moment matters, you know. Every moment Absolutely. has a value to it, and and there's money being spent. So we have to be sure. efficient. We have to we have to be on our game, and and that's why I think kind of alludes to what you mentioned earlier that there are structures in place in the film industry where it is quite hierarchical, um, mm. a, and those hierarchies really transcend the globe like that they're, they're very similar the the way the crew hierarchies work around the world and and for good reason they allow the director and the actors and the cinematographer uh, and the crew all to sort of mesh in as part as like cogs of a, of a big wheel um, mm. or a timepiece you know keep those hands ticking smoothly so yes, yes. yeah it's a magical thing it's really incredible you know you can work on a on a crew in in New Zealand you can work on a crew in India you can work on a crew in in any part of the world and sort of step in a new, your role and very quickly find that you're actually working as part of this machine that um, everyone understands what what your yeah. job is and and we need to understand and respect what their jobs are and we need to work together as a team and and there's something yes, really cool uh, about that.
0: Yes, most certainly. Because all those wheels, you know, if you if you don't have those things in place, and I guess that happens sometimes when, you know, some anomaly will pop in out of nowhere. So, like for you, has that ever happened that you can remember a particular incident and how was that handled?
1: Oh, gosh, let me think. Um, an anomaly... Uh... I mean, sometimes sometimes equipment fails and you have to be able to think mm-hmm. on your feet and and be sure. be ready to come up with a solution. I'll often be finding that I'm thinking of the solution before I offer up what the problem is so that I've got the solution yes. ready straight away. Um, yeah. Because we have to be solutions focused in, in the film. So, you know, there's, there's never time to lament on the problem. We actually just need to be getting yeah. on with the, the, the way forward. Um, I guess weather is the biggest can of worms at times, right? When you're shooting outdoors, mm. and um, sometimes in 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 s- certain environments, you might get a huge southerly buster come through and a, and a big deluge of rain. Um, you mm. know those well on the east coast of Australia, um, yeah. and you know that that can just take everything out. You can see it building and building and building, and you you know you're working quickly to get everything done but you know the weather gods have their own way about things and so <laughs> that's sometimes <right>. they'll <laughs> just come in and just take you out you know and yes um, that's it, right <laughs> everyone just has to cover the equipment and run for cover and try to be safe and um sure. and wait for the for it to blow over before we can pick up so
0: yeah yeah, yeah. so with your creative process for yourself and and in your body of works what do you think inspires you most or catches your attention even if you look at other people's work or or doing it yourself what do you think really catches your attention I know you mentioned people before and you love nature and it's unfolding beauty
1: yeah, is
0: there so, anything else
1: yeah so I guess if I think about the films that really inspire me um, mm-hmm. way back in like 1990, I first saw a film called Koyana Scotsi by the director Godfrey Reggio. And mm-hmm. what particularly blew me away about this film was that he made this film completely without any words, without any dialogue. So it's basically wow. all simply powerful images and and an incredibly compelling score um Mm. so yeah images and music and and so I was like oh my gosh you can make a film with just images and music that's incredible wow you know and it really opened a doorway for me and um so a few years later when I was applying for film school in gosh I think there was the The first year I applied to go to the Australian Film, TV and Radio School in Sydney, it was about 1993. And I made my first ever short film on the streets of Sydney um, Mm. on 16mm film. And it's just simply a a very simple thing. It's like a journey from the Blue Mountains of West of Sydney all the way down, Ah. you know, in the stillness of nature all the way down into the through the chaos of the the big city and the traffic and everything, into the mm. into the heart of the metropolis. And, um, and wow, that would yeah. And I don't actually hardly change. any people have seen this film because it's sort of covered oh. in dust somewhere, buried. I must unearth it. Um, yes, yeah,
0: <laughs> definitely. Oh, that the shift in the change. I mean, we're always evolving and changing as well on this planet, let alone through technology. But everything is always expanding and evolving in some way and i think music and visual things because we taste hear touch feel see things you know we respond to all the our senses and when you can put that instinct and that knowing in like you do uh you know that just creates this magic
1: mm-hmm. so i guess what, what i was going to carry on to say was that um That formed the the basis for my inspiration to film, uh, to make another piece that had no words, which is the film you mentioned earlier, Eclipse, which I shot Mm. on the streets of Mumbai, Bombay in India. Ah, So I'd been, I'd moved, I'd gone to India to do post-production on a feature film that we'd shot in Singapore. This was Mm. back in 2005. And I went one Sunday afternoon to this very well-known landmark in Bombay, called the gateway of india and you know the thing about india is incredible that um it it kind of sounds terrible to say but because there's a lot of pollution in these in some of these big cities there's quite a lot of sort of um smog in the air and that creates this really soft light right and Uh and it creates a very warm light um and so there was this gorgeous afternoon soft warm light and all these people who were out in their Sunday best in their saris with their turbans on their suits and mm. so on, out and about at the gateway, you know, with their families, enjoying the Sunday afternoon and being the spectacle that India is, uh, and seeing yeah, it with fresh colorful. eyes. I, I pulled out my digital slr camera and started taking quite a few photographs. And um, just in the space of a couple of hours I I found photographed all these images and when i went home and looked at them and culled them down to the the best ones i realized hey there's a there's a there's something here there's a sequence here mm. there's something that could be quite powerful and on film so yeah that yes. formed the kind of visual script if you like for what later became yes. the film eclipse
0: yes i was going to ask you about that too so And I guess that's what I was trying to say before is that vision and music, they're really the language that we speak and understand. It's like an innate thing within us. So all those elements and those aspects of all the senses that we use really can speak to us. So is there any particular director that you really like working with or have been inspired by
1: oh gosh that's an interesting question yeah I mean of course I so I've mentioned Godfrey Reggio I love his work yes. there's also the director cinematographer Ron Frick who mm-hmm. was actually the cinematographer of Queen Scotzi and later went on to make some films of his own notably Baraka in the mid-90s uh, that's what B-A-R-A-K-A oh. that's another film that has only images mm-hmm. and music um, shot in 70 millimeter film incredible it's the same format mm-hmm. they use to film IMAX films um, okay wow. so designed for the big screen uh, epic yes. really epic visually stunning work and then uh, Ron Frick also made a film called Samsara which only came out a few years ago um, and that was like a, a another piece with images and music which travels all around the world and it's it's about the the cycle of life about the the Mm. birth life death and rebirth of of life um Mm. through various processes from from you know boats being built to being dismantled in bangladesh the big ships and all sorts of things and Mm. he's obviously got a great team doing incredible research and finding these very visually stunning locations and then quite an incredible soundtrack and so in that context, in that genre, I love those guys. And then in, in the drama genre, I've always really loved the Polish director. Um, oh, gosh, hang on. Krzysztof um, Kieślowski. I um, hope I'm saying okay. that correctly yeah. for any Polish people out <laughs> there. It's I think it might be s- s- pronounced more like Krzysztof Kieślowski. Um, okay. But he made the, th- the trilogy um, three colors, blue, white, and red. and. um oh. And they are incredible. Blue had um, Juliette Binoche in it. And uh, it's just incredible how they created that film with this color palette of simply mostly blue, white mm. and black and, and shades of gray um, and the odd touch of other subdued colors. But um, what's also phenomenal about that in, in a modern day context is that now we have all these incredible digital color correction tools to maybe isolate and remove colors, but they didn't. They were shooting purely on film, totally photochemical process. So all mm-hmm. of that color styling was done through costume design, production design, um, building the sets, choosing the right props, uh, and the lighting design. And um, And it's just phenomenal, really beautiful mm-hmm. work. It's quite, it's quite stunning. And they did that with blue in in the blue film and white in the white film and red in the red film and it's quite an incredible uh, exercise to study those pieces for any keen filmmakers out there and just see wow you know how they've crafted these works so beautifully
0: so do you get inspired and try the, a lot of those techniques that you've learned through your years of cinematography and filmmaking yourself or photography have you tried to experiment with some of that yourself
1: yeah, yeah, to a certain degree. Yeah, I, I feel like every film that I watch somehow feeds into the melting pot of a creative yeah. palette, right? Um, yes. Yeah. Some films more than others, like I like to st- to pull apart a film and watch it multiple times and actually stop, stop it and rewind and look at things again and sometimes yes. pull it apart. But on the first viewing, actually, I like to just be like um, – Uh, joe public and just enjoy the film as a punter and just try to switch off that analytical filmmaker brain and actually just give myself the gift of soaking it up um as as an audience member because you can undo your own enjoyment of cinema by trying to always pull it apart and that that can be really undermining you know actually most people don't want to know the mechanics of what creates the magic and um and I sort of gave myself that gift a few years ago and decided you know what when I watch a film the first time for the most part I'm just going to enjoy it and then yes if it's something I really want to understand how they achieved it then I'll go back and pull it apart and so yeah
0: yes well at the end of the day it's your audience that are there to view things so it's it's good to understand from that perspective you know how that impacts you is you know somebody watching a film and just appreciating it for the body of work that it is so I think that's a really great thing to do so you can because you will remember those things I imagine and then you could sort of you know it keeps you sort of on track as to why you're doing this in the first place and what your passion and love is but the appreciation of the finished beautiful product at the end. That, you know, all comes together as everything always does. Everything is always working out in some way. And we just, I suppose, very much an instinctive thing. You know when to go with something. And I, I imagine you would have to stop things sometimes or just say, no, it's not working. We need to look at this a different way. Or do you get much time to do that? Or do you really, like you said before, have to think on the spot?
1: Yeah, I mean, you definitely have to think on the spot, and and you do need to sort of catch it when things aren't working. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think you are right. Things, you know, it's like it's like life. You know, that it's we we the the universe, if, for one of a better description, it's like is always trying to support um, life. Yeah. However, sometimes things aren't flowing, and we meet resistance, and and things we constantly, you know, meet um, challenges, and yes. and. Um, a producer once said, um, you know, we don't just make films, we force them into being. And uh, on <laughs> some level, that's true of a lot of production, you know, like there's – you just have to th- hear the stories about the making of the, the final series of Game of Thrones and how these people were up at 3, 4 in the morning, you know, in the middle of winter mm. in Ireland, you know, in the ice and the snow <sighs> doing makeup and hair and, you know, all that stuff and just so much yes. work goes into, into a film production – um Uh, hmm. but you know there's also the the, so sometimes there's there are instances though where where the coming together of a scene is like you just have a feeling that actually this this isn't quite right let's readjust Mm. this or 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 have a different approach um and then of course the, the the you kind of always have to have that you always have to have that awareness because there's nothing worse and you know, you can't go back and redo stuff and film normally. You know, you need to mm. nail it. And um, and if something doesn't feel like it's coming together, it is good to tweak things up so make sure that they, it is coming together and it is working. There's not always a lot of time to do that, but, yeah, we have to think on our feet. And, and then when things do, when things all fall into place, it's really inspiring. That's wonderful. Like there's nothing mm. quite like that magic of the synergy of all the... Yes all the pieces of the puzzle components. falling into yeah. place yeah
0: yeah does that ever happen like when you can see something's not working does it, are you in sync sometimes with the director yeah for sure
1: know, yeah most of the time actually um you can normally you know i mean normally normally pick it up you normally both pick yeah. it up and 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 you might even it might be after a take and go okay everything was great and you're just trying to I often like to let the director go straight to the actors because they're the people who are the most vulnerable and they need feedback yes, as soon as possible. Yes. Um, but then sure. I I'm always I'm always try to remember, you know, just, just remember to mention that thing. Um, and and so after they've talked to the actors, then just quickly, you know, having a chat with the director about, you know, what could be better or what didn't quite work, which could be improved, um, and it might be a, simply a camera movement thing or it might be uh, blocking as in where someone is in the in the physicality of the set or the location. Um, sure. It, it could be a number of things. But um, yeah, it all, it all kind of contributes to the whole thing feeling seamless. I guess this is something I need to say that part of our objective is certainly for me as a cinematographer... A, part of my objective is to make sure that what's happening in front of the camera is coming across in a way that's seamless so that the audience can remain deeply embedded in the story so right so the cinematography should never jump out in such a way or there shouldn't be glitches or or things that don't fit in such a way that it'll jolt the audience out of the story out of their cinematic experience right we want people to be able to suspend Reality and just be immersed in the whole experience of watching a film of of living, almost like living and breathing the experience of the mm. people they're they're watching. Yes,
0: and yeah, investing, being invested into it. My son actually said something to me one day, and I mentioned it in a, another podcast that with some of the films that are really fast actioned, different scenes. I think in the older days they sort of let the story in, unfold and they develop the characters to that they introduced so you were so much invested and engaged in that story so that when things would happen to the characters or there were th- those special moments of interconnectedness and that evokes emotional reactions. You know, these days everything seems to be quite quick with a lot of, digital effects and things do you think like for yourself you said you like to take nature and just being at present I suppose in that moment so do you find that um it's changed a lot in the industry with how we produce things and uh, create movies these days
1: yeah absolutely and it's a constantly changing and evolving space hey so um Mm -hmm. I was just um um uh, present at a at an event a couple of nights ago where we were showing to the local cinematography community this new technology that's being developed as we speak which involves filming people in a studio environment uh, with a background that's created entirely from led walls like led video walls so that the person looks like they are planted in a landscape uh be it a desert landscape, or a, a, a foreign country in front of a mountain, or any kind of landscape um, or environment that's outside of where we physically are or physically are able to be. Right. So we've done this for for, for decades. I mean, in the history of film, if you look back, at, right in the beginning, people used painted background, uh, sorry, painted backgrounds mm. to put actors in different environments, and then uh, came glass plate work where you put a a glass plate um in front of the camera uh to and and had a painted backdrop on on there to or maybe certain painted elements on there to adding into the landscape Um, and then we had rear projection which people still use today sometimes with um, a a previously recorded piece of film or or or, um, digital footage that's projected onto a screen behind the actor's who might just simply be in a car or something. The classic is the driving sequence, right? Um, Like
0: the green screen?
1: So that's another evolution is green screen, right? Another evolution is using green or blue screen, which can be selectively um, picked and removed and then replaced with another background. So that's called chroma key. And now we're getting to the next evolution of this technology, which is, Using virtual backgrounds, and some of them are created in the computer uh, using software like Unreal Engine or various different computer generated imaging software programs and or they might be previously recorded by the crew so what 's happening that 's really interesting is that um, mm. you might find that the post production phase is being flipped around and put into the pre production and that we need to go out film all of the background <laughs> plates and then bring them up on these screens and then film the actors in front of these screens with lighting that matches the background um yeah. and and then uh, actually the visual effects or or computer post-production aspects can be reduced in size quite considerably because a lot of that work has happened um in pre-production and in the actual filming phase so yeah it's a constantly evolving space it's it's quite phenomenal um yes yeah so
0: as the possibilities seem endless with what we can create <laughs> yeah yeah
1: absolutely and what another fun and amazing aspect of this um is um that you might want to do a film uh film a scene at say what we call magic hour at dusk or dawn right mm. now you know we all know from lived experience that the real magic hour the time maybe from when there's enough ambient light to before the sun actually pops up above the horizon or the time that um, after the sun has set until it goes so dark you can't film anymore is literally normally only about 20 minutes um, wow. and that's 20 minutes when the light is constantly changing in its brightness level so with this new led screen technology we can have a background plate um, on the screen for a whole day, ten, twelve, fourteen hours, if you like, of this you yeah. know dusk vibe and film in that and film a whole scene and and rework it and so on and so forth, which is completely new and unprecedented really um wow. well, of course, That's you could incredible. do it with green screen, but yeah it's quite it's quite amazing, so yeah. yeah,
0: well, I guess there's always ideas coming out all the time to be able to cater with. And it's such a fast-growing industry as, as well with the technology we have these days and what's being created and produced. You've had a lot of awards, Mark, incredible awards, especially winner, highly commended by the National Geographic Documentary Award uh, in 2009. And you've won the Bronze-Silver Awards for your short films and documentaries from 2016, 17, and 2018 there in New Zealand. You've had quite a number of things. So, people, if you can go to Mark's website, Mark Lapwood, A-S-A-C-S.
1: That's right, yeah, Mark Lapwood, M-A-R-K-L-A-P-W-O-O-D-A-C-S.com, yeah.
0: Yeah. You can see his list of all the commercials and documentaries and music videos, I'm sure you're constantly in demand, Mark, with your work, with what you do. But one of my favourite films was Avatar. Can you just quickly tell me, so you were camera operator for that film with the director, James Cameron?
1: Yeah, so um, I'm not at liberty to say much about that, but this oh, is working... Oh, that's okay, no, that's fine. Yeah, but I can tell you a little bit. So it's working on the the... There are four sequels being made, um, which has been announced publicly oh, and so after the first film, the films two, three, four, and five are being made out of Wellington and New Zealand and I've had the, the privilege of going along as an additional camera operator on um, oh, the films two and three, which are um, being filmed in Wellington at the moment in New Zealand yeah mm.
0: oh, how exciting ah just the opportunities that. And because you're so versatile in what you do and you've had all that experience, you know, many feathers to your cap, my friend, many feathers to your cap. So I guess we're running out of time now. So, but it's been such a pleasure to have you. Can I just ask, have you learned anything, do you think, about yourself through your body of this creative work throughout and has it impacted your own journey?
1: Um, in life have I learned anything about myself through my work yeah yes yeah Yeah. Um, yeah, I've learned I guess I've learned a lot about myself I've learned a lot about my my good for good or bad Um, certainly (laughs) we all have that yeah exactly so I guess I've learned about um, the fact that I really love collaboration i work really well in a Mm -hmm. team where there's good communication uh where there's respect and um and space for people to bring out the best in themselves and um sure and um and i love going to different countries i love experiencing different cultures and and um tasting different foods and discovering new environments Mm. and so on um I love learning yeah. aspects of different languages. Uh, I find that a lot of fun. Um, in India, I spent six years in India, and I can you know, almost run a film set with my sort of street Hindi. Um, so, yeah. you know, I love that. Um, even simple things like, you know, jildi, 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 which is faster, <laughs> faster, faster, you know. <laughs> and uh, anyone who's, who's <laughs> Hindi will enjoy hearing my silly Hindi. Um, who's indian uh, who can understand hindi yeah things like um you know um uh which is <laughs> a little forward a little backwards a little up a little down there's all these little things that are quite handy when it comes to adjusting lights and in, in, the, in the position on the set and and um yes you know being able to just work quickly so if I can circumvent the need for a translator and speak directly to my crew then of course that's really helpful
0: makes it yes a lot easier and as you say it would be a lot quicker to get things done when you've only got those time frames that you have to work in so what do you do for balance work and play for yourself for your downtime what rejuvenates you uh
1: well things that keep me sane and and um yeah keep me fresh are my favorite things are probably swimming in the ocean um Mm. and when the ocean's not available uh yoga i do ashtanga yoga i've been doing that for about 10 years now and um to be honest with the physicality of film uh handheld camera operating is pretty taxing at times and need to be nimble and agile and yoga always brings me back to center keeps me grounded keeps me uh, stretched open and flexible and and agile and and that's really great and then i do love mm. to ride a um a, a mountain bike as well so um mm. uh, yeah cycling is also a really really fun pastime that puts me in the moment and keeps me fresh and strong and fit and um yep. yeah and that, all those here. things were combined with a bit of meditation every day in the morning sure. when i wake up and Just healthy food, you know, like um yeah, my partner's been really good at getting me onto a steady diet of lots of greens and Yes, he's
0: lovely. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Oh look it's just been so wonderful. I could talk to you for hours, but we've only got a certain amount of time. But is there so you're working on what what's happening today? You've just been filming for a week, so is there any projects you're allowed to speak of that? coming up for you
1: yeah I mean I think the the thing that I'm most passionate about at the moment is completing our film Soul Places so if anyone sure. wants to check out the trailer for that uh, you can see that if you it's, look it's up NZ, and um, there's about a three minute long trailer there so we've been filming a lot of indigenous elders uh, mm. in New Zealand and hearing about the relationship and the importance of the relationship between Humanity and the natural environment, and then I love to film a lot of time lapse um, footage Mm. of the changing of the light and the changing of the day into night, and all those kind of magical things that we can't normally see with the naked eye, but with film we can Mm. we can capture.
0: That's what I love about your work too, and I notice that because it just takes us to a different place. That's what translates through your vision. And obviously your incredible techniques and your camera, that big, I've heard of big red, but you've got a, that's huge equipment that you you have, that you work with. I suppose it varies for whatever you're doing, but it certainly captures, you know, those slow motion ones where you're, it's all like that movie, oh, I can't think of it oh it'll come to me later (laughs) but anyway he was sort of Nick Nolte was in it and this other young fellow and it was based on a true story but it's our awareness we're so much in our headspace sometimes but when you tap in and you're so connected and in your presence with all of life all of creation and from that source energy that I I believe in You're really present and you do see things and hear things more but not everybody's able to do that and I guess the way you film you you can't help but be captured and drawn in and taken to a whole different place on this beautiful journey so I I love your work Mark I just you know thank you so much for spending time with us today there's I'm sure a million questions people would want to know but I appreciate your time and perhaps you can come back and talk to us again sometime. I'd love to have you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on board, Mary Lou. It's been really a a pleasure chatting with you and um, Uh, yeah, it's wonderful sharing with people about the magic of filmmaking. It's a, it's a incredible craft.
0: Yes, it is. And we thank you for all your, you know, from the age of seven, that's obviously been your passion. And you, I guess you just knew that that was your love.
1: I guess I did I always loved making images yeah yeah it evolved of course from stills to sequences of stills telling stories to eventually cinema and um, yeah so I didn't Mm -hmm. always know where it was going to go and I I don't think we do we just have to follow one step at a time and trust our instincts (laughs) and and the next thing will be revealed as we as we carry on down the journey of this wonderful Mm. life that we all explore yeah
0: yes it's where well we came here i believe <laughs> okay thank you so much mark and you have a beautiful beautiful week ahead and weekend we're actually near the weekend now so uh thank you so much again for your time
1: it's a pleasure mary lou thank you
0: okay thank you